0: Welcome to Room Now. This podcast is sponsored by Abbey US Medical Affairs. My name is Dr. Philip Meese. I'm the director of rheumatology research at Swedish Medical Center Providence St. Joseph Health in Seattle, Washington, and clinical professor at the University of Washington. I'm joined today by Dr. Sakshi Khatri. Dr. Katri, could you introduce yourself?
1: Hi, my name is Dr. Sakshi Khatri, and I'm a both certified rheumatologist and dermatologist at the Icon School of Medicine at Mount Sinai in New York City. Thank you so much for having me, Dr. Meese.
0: Wow, double-barreled. <laughs> Rheumatology and... Dermatology, how long did that all
1: take? Uh, you don't want to know. The whole thing <laughs> with internal medicine and then taking a year to do, to be an attending in rheumatology and then two years to do research, to get into derm was a total of 17 years.
0: So we've got one well trained commentator here today. Thanks, Dr. Khatri. We both know that PSA can be multidimensional and therefore challenging to manage because the disease manifests in such diverse ways. Patients with PSA that come into our practices often have heterogeneous manifestations. I often liken it to an orchestra with my patient. So at times, each section of the orchestra is playing fortissimo. So joints, entheses, spine, skin are all blaring away. But at other times, there just may be a single section that's playing, like the flute section or the violin section. It may be that a single joint is acting up or the person may have a particular aggravating aspect of psoriasis, such as scalp psoriasis or genital psoriasis. So it's our job to ferret out which of those domains is clinically active and how can we best treat each of the domains that are bothering the patient effectively. We have at our disposal numerous composite outcome measures that have been developed by GRAPA, Group for Research and Assessment of Psoriasis and Psoriatic Arthritis. As PSA is a multi-domain disease, these measures may also be multi-dimensional, meaning they focus on several of these PSA clinical domains at the same time, or they can be specific to a single domain. In this podcast, we will focus on a few, ACR response measures, minimal disease activity or MDA, the DAPSIS score and PASTAS. With that in mind, let's consider these composite outcome measures in the context of Risenkizumab or RISA from the Keepsake One trial in patients with PSA who are bio-naive, focusing on long-term data and discuss how these measures may also be utilized to inform clinical practice in patients with this complex heterogeneous disease. Before we jump into the discussion, I think we should remind our listeners that Rizinkizumab is indicated in adults for the treatment of moderate to severe plaque psoriasis who are candidates for systemic therapy or phototherapy and active psoriatic arthritis. Dr. Khatri, can you give our audience an introduction to the Keepsake Trial Program?
1: Absolutely. The Keepsake Program assessed the efficacy and the safety of risa, an IL-23 inhibiting antibody in adult patients with active psoriatic arthritis. There are currently two keepsake trials, both phase three randomized controlled trials, double-blinded to 24 weeks with the primary endpoint of ACR20 at week 24. The most important difference between keepsake one and two is the patient population. Keepsake one had bio-naive patients, Keepsake 2, the patient population was mixed with about 53% were bio naive and 47% had been exposed to a prior biologic DMARD with either an inadequate response or intolerance. Both trials enrolled patients who had an inadequate response to conventional synthetic DMARDs, though concomitant conventional synthetic DMARDs were allowed. Both trials met the primary endpoint of ACR20. At week 24, 57% of patients in the RISA arm achieved ACR20 compared to 34% in the placebo arm. These response rates were sustained through week 100 with 64% of patients treated with RISA achieving an ACR20 and 42% achieving an ACR50 and 27% achieving an ACR70. Week 24 in Keepsake 2, which was the mixed population, 51% of patients in the RISA arm achieved ACR20 compared to 27% in the placebo arm. So Dr. Meese, we see ACR20 as the primary endpoint in uh, many rheumatology clinical trials. How do you think the information conveyed in looking at ACR20, 50, 70 response rates helps inform decisions in the clinic for PSA patients that you see?
0: We don't typically use ACR response in our daily practice. It's a little bit complicated to obtain and calculate. We tend to have it as a metric in our mind based on our listening to lectures about response or reading papers where the ACR 2050 and 70 are highlighted as the key outcome measures for rheumatoid arthritis trials and for psoriatic arthritis trials. So I would say that we use these numbers as benchmarks, and we can turn to the patient and say, well, this percentage of patients are achieving these kinds of thresholds, and these give us a clear sense, compared to placebo, that a drug is working. So that's how we mainly use it, and the measures are typically collected in all of these clinical trials that we were talking about. It's a key requirement for regulatory approval to show a difference between treatment and placebo for the ACR20 response. So the key elements that comprise the ACR responses are things like tender and swollen joint count, patient global, patient pain, health assessment questionnaire, there's a physician component, there's also a function aspect to it. It's actually fairly comprehensive, albeit mainly focused on joint response. And there are other measures which we're gonna get into in a moment, which are a little bit more holistic. And one of these is minimal disease activity or MDA. This particular measure at week 24 was one of the ranked secondary endpoints in the keepsake one trial. And an MDA response was seen in 25% of patients treated with RISA compared to 10% with placebo. So a clear separation. By week 100, this response had climbed. 38% of patients achieved MDA during the open label extension. Dr. Khatri, considering this long-term data for RISA, how does this composite endpoint influence your treatment decisions?
1: So I love the MDA. Yes, I'm going to say it out loud. I love the MDA. I think, you know, as rheumatologists, that PSA is very heterogeneous. There are different domains of PSA, including skin. There's enthesitis. So the MDA is a nice composite measure looking at different domains of involvement. It is a multidimensional outcome measure that assesses skin, it assesses joints, functionality, patient's assessment of their disease, enthesitis, pain metric. So it's a very nice blend of objective and subjective, and I really like the MDA. To meet MDA, you have to have five of seven criteria. It's used in clinical trials, and while this whole thing might sound daunting, we as physicians are already collecting the MDA without calling it MDA. We are doing a swollen joint count, we're doing a tender joint count, so that meets two components of MDA right there. We're asking a patient about pain, so that's the third one. We're asking a patient how they feel about their disease activity, that's the fourth metric. I'm sure we're looking at their skin as well, and then we're measuring for enthesitis and quality of life questionnaire. So we are doing components of the MDA without really calling it an MDA in our practice. There's no lab parameter. I don't have to send a patient for a blood test to measure an MDA, so I really like that, and patients like that as well. The MDA is something I use to monitor patient responses to treatment, and it helps me guide whether the patient is responding to the treatment that I've given them. And if they are not responding, I switch treatment. So I definitely like the MDA and use it a lot in my practice.
0: That's great. And I would echo that. MDA is my favorite measure as well. Most of it, virtually all of it, I can do right there at that moment with the patient the only thing that requires a little bit of calculation is the hack score and just like you were mentioning you're just going to be asking a few questions about physical function and so sometimes i cheat and i'll use this seattle hack which is did you go hiking last weekend and if they said yes well there you go it's less than or equal to 0.5 so there you have it i don't know What is a New York hack? I was going to say,
1: I think the New York City hack might be if you can ride the city bike to work.
0: The other thing that I'm aware of from research studies is that achievement of MDA and sustainment of it is associated with all kinds of good things, like lack of radiographic damage progression, overall improvement in work productivity, improved quality of life, Let's move on to the other two composite endpoints we want to discuss today from Keepsake 1, which are PASTAS and DAPSA. At week 52, patients treated with RISA had a 3.01 point improvement in PASTAS score from the baseline value of 6.4 and 32.78 point improvement in DAPSA score from the baseline value of 45.6. It's important to note that these endpoints were not controlled for multiple comparisons in the Keepsake One trial.
1: Dr. Meese, you mentioned that you use the MDA in your practice. How about the pastas? How does that come into play in your practice?
0: It doesn't. (laughs) We do it in clinical trials. So we collect all the items and then put them into the tablet, and that goes back to a central data collection place. And then there's I mean, it's got things like square roots that you have to do and uh, calculations that, frankly, aren't going to be used in practice. But it's proving to be psychometrically probably the best instrument that we have. So if you really want to see a change that's accurate and reliable, then we use the PAST-S score. It includes assessment of tender and swollen joints, physician and patient global, pain and function, an enthesitis measure, an adactylitis measure, an acute phase reactant. Notice that there's no skin assessment, but it turns out that then in the 400 or so patients that were in the data set that went into the construct of the PASTAS measure, the skin score ended up being subsumed under the patient, largely under the patient global. So this is a cool part of the measure is that it gives you thresholds and showing you that if you want to get into a state of remission or low disease activity, we've got quantitation of it. So I think that it's a good measure, but not practical for clinical practice. Now, Dr. Khatri, can you tell us what role a less complex measure like DAFSA plays in your management of patients with PSA?
1: Definitely easier to do. Certainly something that I reserve for my patients that just have arthritic symptoms and they have no skin involvement. The DAPSA cutoffs for remission or LDA are also grappa endorsed. So that helps me as a target value. It is the sum of patients, global assessment, their assessment of pain, swollen joints, tender joints, and CRP. A score of less than equal to four indicates remission. Where I Use, as I said, is more for my PSA patients, as long as they don't have any skin involvement. Where I think I don't like it is the need for blood work. How about you, Dr. Meese? How do you use DAPSA? So we
0: do use DAPSA. It's easier to collect. We record it in our registry data, and patients will like to track it just like they track the MDA. But like you, we tend to preferentially use the MDA because it's more multidimensional.
1: We talked about all these activity measures, Dr. So The other important point that patients and certainly prescribers are concerned with is safety. So what are your thoughts on safety?
0: I think it's just as important as getting across the efficacy data from trials when we're doing the shared decision-making process with patients. So I would say that it's just as important as discussing efficacy. Dr. Khatri, can you review some of the safety data that we've learned from the RISA trials?
1: Yes, absolutely. Safety is important for our patients and also for us as prescribers. If you look at the overall safety profile of RISA in PSA, it was consistent with what was seen in the psoriasis space. Uh, Increased ALT, AST elevation were seen in the PSA space and not the psoriasis space. However, no serious hepatic events were reported, and they did see some hypersensitivity reactions as well. In the PSA Keepsake 1 trial through 24 weeks, they had the usual suspects treatment emergent ae such as nasopharyngitis upper respiratory tract infection as i mentioned there was increased alt ast there were headaches and some hypersensitivity reactions we all as physicians know that before we are starting a patient on a biologic we are doing things to mitigate their risk such as evaluating for tuberculosis before initiating treatment i asked my patients about a risk of hypersensitivity reaction if they are on other conventional synthetic dmards along With RISA, I certainly monitor their labs a little bit more frequently. And then vaccinations, no live vaccines while they're on RISA, age-appropriate vaccines idly before they start. So that's what I'm doing in my practice.
0: And the fact that the drug is given very infrequently once it's in maintenance phase, just once every three months. So we've covered a bunch of territory today. We've talked about it, several measures. Dr. Khatri, could you Briefly summarize just to bring us to a close. What do you really like to use and why?
1: We talked about ACR scores, we talked about MDA, DAPSA, PASTAS. Uh, I love the MDA personally, and that's really the only measure that I use in my practice because it's multidimensional. It's looking at different components of psoriatic arthritis and involves skin as well. And I'm a little biased as a dermatologist. Because if there's no outcome measure that has skin, I stay away from it. So I really love the MDA. How about you, Dr. Meese?
0: I would agree. Patients really appreciate the fact that you're assessing each of these clinical domains. You're looking at the skin. You're feeling their joints. And I find the MDA to be the best overall outcome measure. But the DAPS is a close second in terms of ease of use very close to what the RAPID-3 is. And I think that the other kinds of assessments having to do with emotional health are things that I will do, depending on my read of the patient at the time. I think getting at some of the emotional aspects of their disease and its impact on them, I think are really important as well. So I think that you've been bringing up some great points today, Dr. Kotri. And I really appreciate your taking the time to join me today.
1: Dr. Meese, thank you so much for having me.
0: And thank you, listeners. If you'd like to learn more about composite endpoints and the Keepsake Trial Program, there's a downloadable summary of some of the topics we discussed today and links to other content on the RoomNow Therapeutic Updates page. Thank you for listening.
2: Risinkizumab, a humanized monoclonal antibody to IL-23, is indicated for the treatment of active psoriatic arthritis and moderate to severe plaque psoriasis in adults who are candidates for systemic therapy or phototherapy. Risinkizumab is contraindicated in patients with a history of serious hypersensitivity reaction to risinkizumab or any of the excipients. Serious hypersensitivity reactions, including anaphylaxis, may occur. If a serious hypersensitivity reaction occurs, discontinue risencizumab and initiate appropriate therapy immediately. Risencizumab may increase the risk of infections. Instruct patients to seek medical advice if signs or symptoms of clinically important infection occur. If such an infection develops, discontinue risencizumab until the infection resolves. Evaluate patients for tuberculosis infection prior to initiating treatment with rizinkizumab. Avoid use of live vaccines in patients treated with rizinkizumab. The most common adverse reactions, greater than or equal to 1%, are upper respiratory infections, headache, fatigue, injection site reactions, and tinea infections. Please review accompanying full prescribing information for additional information. Or by visiting www.rxabv.com or contact Abv medical information at 1 800 633 9110.